Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talked to Derek Taylor about all things CFL, including the Bombers and Riders and the rematch coming up on Saturday. And we're also going to preview the AFC, the NFL season starting soon. Thursday night, it kicks off. Skylar Peters and I give you our thoughts on what's going to happen in the AFC. We're probably wrong on all of it, but anyway, indulge us on the podcast. So let's get back into football now. And Derek Taylor, the voice of the Blue Bombers, joins us now. Derek, can we move past Pete Robertson yet, or, or is that still a story? I think today is maybe the last day we could ever talk about it until Saturday. I don't know. I've 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 had to tune out social media because the real there was a real range and there was a lot of what what about this guy or what about that guy and I don't know none of them are kind of relevant to the day of conversations when we get to Saturday right we're doing the pregame show maybe we talk about okay well that was perhaps equatable to this one game suspension but I I doubt it it just I don't know it's 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 awful when it happens and and let's just talk about how awful it was and what it what we take from that and leave all the other Leave the historical stuff. Well, Genghis Khan back in the day, we don't need to, to bring everything into it. Yeah, we got to hear from Kolaris again today. We got to hear from Pete Robertson and Craig Dickinson apologizing to Kolaris for what happened. I, I think that's that's probably it, right? He's not appealing it. He's taking the suspension and uh, taking it as a man, as Dickinson said today, which is, you know, a phrase that we don't need to really say anymore, but one, whatever. It's... I think done. And now we can move past it and look at the fact that the Bombers kind of blew a game they could have won. Yeah, absolutely. Are you surprised he's taking the suspension for this game and maybe, uh, I don't know, not in an easier game? Like the they play, they host the Elks next week. I feel like as much as it would keep the story alive, you know, I, if I'm Pete Robertson, I, I have the right to challenge that. I have the yeah. right to appeal that. Um, I wonder... I'm I'm kind of surprised he he didn't, and I don't know everything that goes into it, but I'm a little surprised he didn't for such a big matchup. Maybe he was told, no, don't do that by the management or by Dickinson, or maybe he just decided it on his own to yeah just stay yeah. away from the spotlight. Because if he if he appeals it, then the story all week is about him, right? Yeah, for sure. And then the appeal process can take time in the CFL, right? Because it takes time to get an arbitrator. And he might get it might get pushed far enough that you get into super important late season games. So yeah, I guess take your medicine now. But uh, I that, it's one thing I was watching for. What do you know? And then yeah, we we can all move on on Saturday. Looking back at that game now, I, I know you talked with Mike O'Shea about it a lot last night, but my turn to talk to you about it in that game. Obviously, mm-hmm. the first half they they stunk. They had one good drive really, and it's sixteen seven midway through the third quarter. Bombers took too long to get going in that game. Zach Kolaris, since coming back from injury, he threw the two pick sixes. Ultimately, they get it done against Montreal, but he hasn't looked awesome, has he? Well, they put they did put up forty seven against Montreal. Like that yeah, was that was fair. good. And then, I mean, his touchdown to Lawler in overtime is just that that play was perfection. He just drops that in the bucket. I guess my expectations was, are just too yeah. high, maybe. It's it's possible. I I don't I don't think Zach has been necessarily as good as he was last year, right? And he, he was been he's been pretty great his entire time here. So maybe maybe we do have standards set pretty high for him. He got he got got by Nick Marshall in interception and for at a point, right? He was one for five for two yards, and that was a little tiny flip forward to Nick Dembski. That was his completion. Um, I think you have to give Saskatchewan some credit for that. There's something 
whether it's Dola Gala or what it is, there's something different with Sask in the last few weeks. Things are looking much better for them when I I'd kind of written them a while ago, to tell you the truth, in the Mason Fine era. Uh, they, look, they looked way tougher than they did in week number two. But yeah, it's it's unusual that, you know, Zach throwing picks in what consecutive games? Did he have one off the top of my head in the Calgary game? It's It, it hasn't felt Kolaris-like. Um, but then again, 47 against Montreal. Uh, I, I kind of wonder what I'm really hoping for when he, when he puts up almost 50 for the second time this season. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so the rematch this weekend, the Bombers are over a touchdown favorite. Usually, you know, Labor Day Classic recently has been close and then Vangible is not. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bombers win by 25, but what are you expecting this weekend? Yeah, I, I would just anticipate much better performance from the Bombers' offense. I mean, th- there are too many weapons on them on there to be held down quite like that. And the passing offense, I, I would have absolute strength of this team, and yet it was Brady and the running game that were that were dominating for them in the first half. Right? And it was. It's just a shock. I have to believe that. They're going to figure something out. Moncrief had good coverage. They like to hit Moncrief with that corner route. He had it. He had it done well to the first time they tried it. There wasn't uh, just things didn't seem to to click right for whatever reason that was. Whether that was SAS back end, um, I don't remember. You know, an, an inordinate amount of pressure from their front end, and that's going to be significantly better this week because Robertson is the guy who leads them in sacks. Yeah, it's. I can't imagine it goes that bad two weeks in a row. Let's just say that. So, I, I think what is it eight and a half? I think that's really fair on on what we should expect coming into the game. So the Liberty weekend overall ultimately didn't really disappoint. The BC game was was pretty close with Montreal. Late touchdown, iced that one. The Calgary comeback against Edmonton. Two teams that aren't you know all that good, but still a compelling game. And then Toronto really just beat the crap out of Hamilton. Not really surprising there, but looking ahead to this weekend, you got the rematch for Edmonton. Montreal goes to Toronto, I think is, is the real tasty one. I'm, I'm still not a huge believer in Montreal. I, I think we look at this Toronto game and if they can show anything in this one, that would be a, a huge statement because they got crushed by Winnipeg. They lose at home to BC in a game they almost won, but yeah, it's they got they're, they're, they got they're a clearly below. In that one. Yeah, I, I they really got hosed in that one, and we were uh, talking to Coach O'Shea about it yesterday off the air. Um, Almondo Seawall takes just the softest roughing the passer penalty that we've seen all season. One of those ones that I I just can't believe that that's what they want a roughing the passer penalty to be in the Canadian Football League. It, and that one kept the drive alive, and Montreal goes and scores. And you're like, this, 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 this isn't right. This is just not how this is supposed to be. So I, I kind of left that game thinking Montreal was was close in that one, and that may be more of a comment on BC than than anything else. This this would be one for Montreal. I just I hate to say this because this feels almost like blasphemy because I've been I feel like I've been driving the Cody Fajardo train for a couple of years now as people jump off. I. I'm I'm losing it for for Fajardo. It's just it, it's just whatever it is between he and Jason Moss. I mean, he did so much better under Stephen McAdoo. As crazy as that sounds, that I I just don't know that I see as much. I I prognosticated Montreal's going to the Grey Cup out of the East. I don't know that I buy that anymore. Just having seen what we've seen the last three weeks or so. 
I've never really been on the Fajardo train, so yeah. I, so I'm coming to your side this on this one. I I feel like you you were you were in the right the whole way, and I just didn't quite see it till now. Do we look at the Labor Day weekend and say, just from a rivalry point of view, obviously you got the three main ones, but BC playing Montreal. Shouldn't that be Montreal versus Ottawa every year now? Like to make that happen. I know the you know Ottawa's on a bye week, but you can manipulate the schedule to to make it Montreal Ottawa, right? Absolutely. I, I don't see why you couldn't. You manipulate the schedule to make the other three matchups. So why not the fourth? And BC is guaranteed to get every Labor Day weekend off. Why not that? Unless there's some. Well, BC wasn't even at home, right? They were in Montreal. So I yeah, I, I don't know why you can't. You want to fire up a geographic rival like after Toronto Hamilton, uh, Montreal Ottawa. Well, okay, I'd have to go to the Google Maps, but Montreal Ottawa has got to be close, like Calgary Edmonton is. Like you plop that one at two in the afternoon, and folks could drive from one city to the other to go to go see the game. I don't know if those markets are heated enough like Calgary and Edmonton are, but you could try it and just put it out there and go. Yeah, this is what you get. They're playing Montreal and Ottawa are playing four times this year, I think it is. So why why isn't one of them on Labor Day? I'm I'm hundred percent with that. And just say, you know what, BC, congrats. You always get the bye, you always get bye week on Labor Day. Just this is just the rule from now on. Because why not? Geographic rivals, boom, done. Two hour drive, according to Google Maps from Montreal. Oh, that's Ottawa. less than Calgary. Well, I know some drivers in Alberta who will make that in less than two hours, but Calgary to Edmonton's a little longer for grandpas like me. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, another thing for the CFL to figure out. Did you hear the story today? I told, talked about it at the start of the show. The CFLPA has complained to the yeah. uh, Alberta government that they shouldn't have played that game on Monday because of wildfire smoke conditions and the air quality index. What's your take on, on this story? saw the CFL's response as well, which said we communicated clearly with with the league and the team. Like, you did, but did they tell you they didn't really want to play this, right? Um, it was bad in Calgary. It was bad. And we had, uh, I mean, we had better conditions in Regina. And even Adam Bighill in the postgame show said his throat was burning, which I took to mean from the, the smoke that had dissipated a fair bit. But I, I would guess air quality at kickoff and through the game in Regina was seven, maybe eight. Like I, they're, they're so determined to have these games go ahead. And I honestly don't know what you would do if you had to postpone a Labor Day game. Do you, does this game become on Tuesday? And then what are we doing with that? It would be incredibly difficult, but yeah, it's at some point just because, you know, it's not physically, you know, it's, it's not going to break your leg or give you a brain injury. That's playing in the smoke when it literally says, hey, don't go outside, have these guys playing at that time. I, the, I'm, I'm glad to see that the PA, the PA was taking it seriously. And we got to figure this out because these these summertime forest fires in our country are not going anywhere. I can't imagine. They may not be as bad as they are this year, every year, but they're not going anywhere. And we're going to have to deal with this more and more. Yeah, it's it's a shame, but absolutely. I mean, they made they made accommodations during the COVID season of 2021 to to move a game around, and it ended up being terrible for the Elks at the end of that season. And how many games they had to play in such short order? But uh, let's just quickly look ahead to this weekend: Hamilton at Ottawa. We mentioned Montreal, Toronto, and then you got Calgary, Edmonton. The rematch that Hamilton Ottawa game. It's four and seven versus three and eight, but. 
I mean, the crossover, it's hot, right? The, the, <laughs> the race for that sixth playoff spot, Calgary at four and eight, Hamilton four and seven, Ottawa three and eight. It, someone's got to get it. Someone's got to go up and get up and clinch that, right? We thought maybe, I thought maybe three and nine and tie Calgary on wins, but that didn't come through. I, I'm, I can't believe Hamilton is currently in the playoff spot. Like that is baffling to me because they generally don't look like a good team. And I think they have next to Edmonton, the worst point, like, Oh boy, that's uh, there's going to be one bad football team that makes it into the playoffs and somebody's just going to get smoked in that East final or East semifinal. Pardon me. Uh, but yeah, that it could be Hamilton and props to them with their third quarterback and, who knows what Duke Williams is on about today and the injury problems they had at the beginning of the year. Um, yeah, there's Hamilton is an, is an unexpected debacle in my mind. Do you remember their, their season win total over under at the beginning of the year? I don't. What was it? Do you know? It was 10 and a half. Ooh. People have, people are about getting set to cash that right now. And it's, this is their 12th game coming up. I guess in, that's incredible that, uh, they are so far from kind of what I thought they would be. And I think what, I mean, obviously what the betting market thought they would be uh, at four and seven. Mm, man, they are. This is a really, this is a strange year in the Canadian Football League. And um, as we sit here on September 6th, are there two good teams or are there three good teams in the CFL? Yeah, I mean, he's had some stinkers. Yeah, they're a minus 74 point differential. They've actually allowed the same number of points as Saskatchewan and scored just 14 less, though. At four yeah. and seven compared to six and five Saskatchewan. So the numbers are actually not all that dissimilar. It's just Saskatchewan, when they've lost, they've lost big, I guess. And um, narrow wins and huge losses, right? Yeah. yeah, that's that's been Saskatchewan's story this season for sure. And those those narrow losses, right? One score games, it shows out over time that those are those are generally lucky, right? Mm-hmm. Because the next year, if you win a lot of one score games, one win fewer games the next year. That's how it trends. So yeah, Saskatchewan's Take the luck when you get it, but uh, doesn't necessarily mean you're a great team if you're if you're winning a lot of those games. You don't have to tell me I'm a Vikings fan. They went 11 and 0 last year <laughs> in one score games. The regression is going to come this year, and it's going to come hard. So I'm ready for that. Derek, appreciate your time. Thanks for this. We'll see you at the game on Saturday. Thanks, brother. The NFL season begins tomorrow night. We're less than 24 hours away from the Chiefs and Lions from Kansas City, so it's time to preview the NFL with Skylar Peters, who is better at betting on football than I am. He joins me to go over the odds before the season starts, and we'll do this in two parts. The NFC tomorrow. The AFC is tonight. It should be the more competitive of the two conferences, so let's get into it. The AFC East is super interesting. We'll start there. Buffalo is plus 120 as a favorite. A lot of noise for the New York Jets because of Aaron Rodgers there. Miami, uncertainty over Tua's health. And it's weird to see the Patriots as the fourth. But that's yeah, that's what life that's is like fine. without Tom Brady. <laughs> this is a tough one. I think people are down on the Bills and too high on the Jets. That's how I read it. What do you feel like for the AFC East? Yeah. Um, you know, if you're just looking at these four teams, I, I think they're in the right order. Um, when you get into the numbers, it certainly is a little bit interesting. Uh, this is a competitive division, so even the favorite uh, will net you a little more than you bet. The Bills right now on uh, some sites, probably in the plus 110, plus 130 range. I've got them on Bet365 at plus 120. That's what we got them playing out to. Yeah, and in, I, I don't think things are going to change too much uh, before the games start being played in, in a little less than 24 hours from now. Um you know, when it's like this and 
there's always one team, I think of the Browns, uh, the year they got Odell Beckham Jr. And it's like, oh, Browns, not, they hadn't been in the playoffs in so long. And now all of a sudden people are talking to them going to the Super Bowl. It's kind of how it feels with the Jets. Uh, they've made, um, you know, the most impactful change of the offseason, certainly. Um, and, you know, while I'd like to dismiss that and say, um, I don't think it's going to make as much of an impact on on the team and then by large the division as uh, as people are saying um, I look at what happened to Tom Brady in Tampa Bay he took a team that was a quarterback away and they won a Super Bowl in year one so I do think uh, the Jets are going to probably win this division I think at plus 240 as the second favorite to win the division it's a great bet it's going to come down to those division games it's going to come down to the the Buffalo and New York games we get one out of the way on Monday night um, you see uh, New York win that one by chance I believe that game is in New York um, these odds are clearly going to flip because you know that'll be a, a two-game swing right out of the gate for the top two teams in this division so great defense that should take another step a lot of good players out there not my defensive rookie of the year but uh, Sauce Gardner is a dog and, uh, you know, now they got the offensive weapons all around. So uh, I, I like the Jets to take this one. And I will be rooting against them every step of the way. Oh, I, yeah, I don't want them to. But I, don't I like think Aaron they Rogers. are going to. Okay. Yes. All right. So the AFC North and the Bengals, the favorite, they've been to the AFC title game the last two years. They're slow starters. So if you like the Bengals, you might actually want to wait a couple weeks. Joe Burrow is going to play. It looks like they're plus 140 on playnow.com. Then the Ravens, two, plus 215. Browns, plus 365 and plus 475 for the Steelers. So even the longest of odds in this division aren't all that long. Mm -hmm. This seems like a division to me where every team could be between 8 and 10 wins. Yeah, and this like this is where I look at the bottom of the list, and I think you got some good value with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel like something would have to happen to the Bengals, like other than them just playing poorly, like you know Joe Burrow gets injured, God forbid, or something like that. Um, but at almost 5-1 to one for the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is a team that never wins fewer than 10 games. Well, and everyone's blowing smoke up the Lions. The Steelers finished just as hot last year. Right. Yeah, and, and Kenny Pickett took a huge step. And the player prop that I'm going to tell you about at the end of this uh, is also related to the Steelers. But I think his last six games of the season, he was probably a top four or five quarterback in the league, just like Jared Goff was. Um, and I think he will continue that momentum he's he's got another year under his belt with george pickens deontay johnson their wide receiver corpse is pretty good yeah and uh you don't have to introduce this defense uh they always play under mike tomlin he always gets the boys ready to go uh and they have playmakers at all three levels uh, as well as some young talent and joey porter jr uh coming in the cornerback spot too so uh i like the steelers uh another one where i'm you know I'm not going to bank on them to actually take this home, but I do think at the value. you get to week seven, week eight, and it ain't going to be plus 475 for these guys. Uh, I think the Bengals will still take it. I, I, you know, I'd like to see them go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. That'd be my pick. But uh, uh, yeah, I think the Steelers are the team to watch for sure. AFC South, the division probably will suck. Ooh, it's been yeah. bad for, for a while. Jags, who came down the stretch last year to win that division, are minus 160 favorites. Uh, the Titans, who started last season well, and then everyone got hurt plus 325 the Colts plus 550 the Texans plus 800 
I guess if you're looking at value, it's the Titans here, right? Yeah. I don't think there's any value in taking the Jags. No. Um, God, no. And, I, you know, I'd love to see Trevor Lawrence. Like, I think Trevor Lawrence could be like an MVP at, at some point in his career. Could there's be. a lot of competition for that award, but he, he could play at that level. Um, and, of course, the, the addition of Calvin Ridley, who we didn't see all of last year. Maybe it takes a little while for them to get going. We'll see. I, I think Jacksonville's a pretty solid team. They're well coached under Doug Peterson, um, and, and they probably should win this division. But I do think healthy Ryan Tannehill makes a big difference for this Tennessee Titans team uh, lots of questions about their O-line and that's going to affect Tannehill's play but he is one of the best quarterbacks under pressure in the National Football League they added to DeAndre Hopkins the you know impact of that addition can be seriously debated I think he you know he's kind of toast Tennessee is where old wide receivers go to die we have seen that time and time again um, and this defense is really really underrated not a lot of big names but a lot of guys that are playing at like a Pro Bowl caliber um, and, and that's led by Jeffrey Simmons up front I think that's probably their biggest star for sure uh, of course Derek Henry in the run game um, you know they got all the pieces so I, th- I like them as a longer they're probably the longest out of the AFC teams let me just look at this list here uh, I mean you had Steelers plus it would be longer yeah out of the second favorites I yes. mean the second yes um, that's correct they are the longest odds out of all the second favorites out yes. of these four divisions so that actually might be a play for me because the Colts and the Texans are going to be bad. I'm actually very surprised the Texans are uh, have worse odds of the Colts. They're eight to one. Colts are six to one. Um, they're both going to suck. They got rookie quarterbacks, new yeah, coaches. Yeah, they're not they're not going to be good. But I do think the Texans are better than the Colts. So uh, there probably is a head to head matchup on some sites. Might want to be something worth considering. Not that you want to subject yourself to watching those two football teams all year. And I think you can bet the specific order of finish in divisions too so if you thought okay, titans yeah. jags texans colts i think that pays really well if you or want even to take a long shot you know even if you go you flip the two seeds and you do two bets you kind of head yourself yeah. there and uh you know that that's probably not a bad i gotta explore that as well um just a t- little taste yeah and i'd like i'd like to see both cj stroud and anthony richardson um excel but i think stroud's in a better position out of the gate in year one to the West, where the Chiefs are obviously the favorites, minus mm-hmm. 175 right now. The Chargers plus 300. Broncos, let's ride, plus 550. And the Raiders now with Jimmy G, plus 1,200. Longest odds of any team to win their division in the American Football Conference. I, I'm, I guess you just don't bet the AFC West, right? Because the Chiefs are going to win it, barring any, you know, Patrick Mahomes getting hurt. It's the only thing that would stop that, you'd think. Can the Chargers actually do it? Yeah, so... <sighs> Right, it's just kind of bizarre, you know. Like the Patriots, they they have a there's a big drop off when it comes to the skill players that aren't Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on this team. It's true, and and for some, like I mean, the, I think this speaks to how good both of those players are. And um, Andy Reid, yes, and Andy Reid and coaching these guys up, and the defense, uh, in a, to an extent too. Um, that that they're the Super Bowl favorites. They're huge division favorites. And when you mentioned the Patriots, you mean like when Tom Brady was there, he was throwing to who? Yeah. All the time. And whether it was Wes Welker, Rob Gronkowski, and then just dudes. And, it, and they were always good. And it worked. Yeah. They had the 12, one year with Randy Moss. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, Kadarius Toney, um, Sky Moore, uh, Justin Ross, uh, who I think is going to be a lot better than a lot of people expect. He had, a, I think, over 300 yards in the national championship game for Clemson. Uh, that was him and Trevor Lawrence. He was a true freshman. Um, so maybe ago, someone yeah. to stash on a fantasy roster just in case. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of bizarre that this team, you know, has, uh, you know, a, a very like noticeable lack of talent compared to other teams in this division, namely the Chargers, uh, who added Quentin Johnson, uh, first round wide receiver, 20th overall pick uh, out of TCU. And um, yet they are massive favorites. I, I, it's unbettable. Patrick Mahomes yeah. has never lost on the road in the division in his career. 
He's won two <laughs> Super Bowls and two MVPs. He hasn't lost on the road in his division yet. That's three games a season. Yeah. It's incredible. And that so, division hasn't been bad. No. Like, like last year, this was the division of death and so, never yeah. never panned out for no. the Raiders or, or the Broncos. Broncos. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I want to see the, the, the Chargers get some shine. It's just not a bettable thing. So we think Chiefs, Bengals, Jets and Jags to win the division. You're just looking at value for the Steelers, Titans. And, yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a betting play. Okay. And then yeah. if you were to pick the other three, the wildcard teams then bills. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think there could be three teams out of the AFC bills right uh, now are East. minus two sixty four to make the playoffs. Yeah. So they, just they, don't, they don't should be that. a playoff team. I mean, they, they have probably a top three quarterback in, in the league. All three of the top quarterbacks in the league are in the AFC. Of course, chargers are minus one fifteen. Yes. And minus one fifteen. No, to make yeah. the playoffs. That's a, that's so chargers. I think that's just so funny. I think you got to pencil a spot in for Miami. Uh, it's mm. just going to be tough because that division's such a bloodbath and there's six you games can, you in there. You make the argument for like 10 teams in the AFC yeah. and there Miami's also uh, even money both ways. They have the talent. Uh, and I think Mike McDaniel is going to learn a lot from some mistakes he made about two of though do you want to bet yes. on his health and i and that o-line I, I think you're making a bet on that o-line when you bet on the dolphins i am going to to do that um figuratively and i say they make the playoffs uh and then uh, yeah probably throw the chargers in there be, uh, or honestly if russell wilson comes back to form oh pencil the broncos <laughs> and i you know what the Broncos did me a Seahawks fan just the, the biggest favor That's I could true. ever ask for. That's true. I, I wish uh, nothing but a late career resurgence for Russell Wilson under Sean Payton. Um, so I'd kind of toss up that last spot to those two AFC West teams. Right now, AFC winner, Chiefs plus 350, Bengals plus 550, uh, the Bills plus 450, and then a pretty big drop off to the Ravens at 9-1, to Jets 10-1. to is, is that a stay away? Do you just put a little bit on the Chiefs until they don't w- win the, the conference? Because they're going to be in that title game, if you look at the next decade, eight or nine times. And they will host it because that's all Usually. they ever do. Yeah. Um, Patrick Mahomes, I don't think he's played a playoff road game in his career. Nope. Yeah. So, and and I mean, for to, Super Bowls, be, right? to be fair, the Bengals have gone in there and won. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will probably put some cash on the Bengals um, before tomorrow night. Uh, I would love to see it. I like the team. It's kind of a partial bet. Um, you know, I, I just think that the Chiefs, you're probably going to three to one. Is it wor- like, is it worth putting a, a decent amount of cash and then watching one play of Patrick Mahomes and then you're, you're put it up in smoke same argument can be made for the Bengals. i just think at 550 to plus 550 it's a, a bit better of a deal and i do not want to see aaron Rodgers in the super bowl with this new team man he's got enough attention i don't think but it's 10 gonna to happen one, i think that's it's worth a consideration it's not i will not be financially supporting that what if i told you that the jets are plus money to miss the playoffs plus 110 yeah <laughs> They're a wild. Fade them. Fade them. They're, they're too good. To, I mean, they'd started they? eight and two. They were trash at the end of the year. That was with Zach Wilson. It's this is a playoff caliber okay. roster, and Robert Saul is a great coach, and Aaron okay. Rodgers is who he is. All right. So. so before we move along to the NFC tomorrow, anything else from the AFC that you want to mention before we go? Yeah, uh, just staying high on the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, and a guy I have owned in uh, multiple fantasy leagues uh, for the second straight year, and that is George Pickens. He is plus two hundred two to one to eclipse a thousand yards receiving this year. Um, when it comes to to fantasy potential upside and a lot of these betting markets, uh, he and Deontay Johnson are like right neck and neck. Like they sometimes go like right after one another in fantasy drafts. Uh, I think by the end of the year, it will not be a conversation who the best receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers is. Uh, Plus 8,000 to lead the league in receiving. 
Yeah, but you, there's too many dogs out there for that. Kenny Pickett's his quarterback, though. So Yeah, I, I think the Pickett-Pickens connection is going to take a big step this year, mm-hmm. and he had uh, 801 yards last year, an average of 15.4 game. And, and he Mitch really Trubisky had played stinkers. Yes. Some of those and, teams. And there was some turmoil at quarterback, yeah. and, and there will be none of that this year. Yeah. Uh, and this whole offensive group is a little bit better. And, uh, I mean, if uh, training camp and preseason is to be believed, uh, Pickens looks pretty darn good. He's an interesting character. I think he'd be a good guy for the league if the spotlight shines a bit brighter on him. So 2-1 to one to eclipse 1,000 receiving yards. It'd really help out my fantasy team. So that's what I'm going with. All right. So that's the AFC. And, of course, the Chiefs get things going tomorrow night against the Lions. We will do the NFC tomorrow night. When Skyler and I delve into the reality of our team's potentials, the Vikings and Seahawks, and see how where they stand, we will talk again tomorrow. Skyler, thanks for this. My pleasure. Happy to be doing this again. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. Until we meet again. And thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the